there and welcome to another episode of your Midlife Dream Life podcast where we're helping you turn your dreams and desires into destinations. My name is Jackie, your host, and I seriously love getting to do these podcasts. The women that I get to interview, I leave so empowered and encouraged, and I know that you will as well. So today's guest is Christy Neller. She has started a lifestyle brand called The Hell Yes Habit, saying hell yes to yourself. And she has a mission to spark this life into as many people as possible. She's a consultant of inner and outer beauty, an empowerment and mindset coach, creative director, artist, maker, designer, and a creative catalyst for companies, teams, and individuals who are looking to transform their messaging mindsets. During this conversation today, you're gonna to hear about some of the hell yes habits that she created in her life, in her midlife, still with kids at home, she is living a very fulfilled and fulfilling life. She is living her lifestyle brand. So join me as we're already in conversation with Christine Eller. Women are considering themselves in midlife at different ages too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yes. I feel like my mind is already in that space because to me, um, it's an opportunity to define what I want the rest of my life to be like, and the sooner the better. <laughs> or, or at least this chapter, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We really are in seasons and, um, you know, that's one of the things with like having kids. Cause I was, I was a, uh, brand strategist, creative director in New York running multi-million dollar, you know, businesses and just burning the candle at both ends. I love the energy of it. I love the fast paced nature. I love the creativity, but I didn't have the systems to sustain it. I didn't have, I just burned out. Mm. And then when I had kids, uh, my first, I have two, my daughter, um, I was so burnt out and I knew I couldn't sustain that job. And so instead of like looking for ways to make it all work, I just said, I'm done. I have to, I can't. And so I became this stay at home mom, not really by choice. I wasn't like the kind of person who was like, Oh, I want to be at home. I want to be at home with my kids. I wanted to be with my kids and I wanted to give them the values and I wanted to spend the time with them. But I also felt a lot of resentment about that experience. Nice. And um, I couldn't find myself. I thought, oh, this will be my chance. But I couldn't even tell whether it was day or night, Friday or Wednesday. I was just really hit by a Mack truck by the experience of having children. And I think, um, you know, it's like someone once said to me, well, you just kind of have to breathe into the season that you're in and know that it's not forever. And then you can be really present and happy and joyful in that season. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to sort of like embody that, but I really believe that that's, that's our role. And, and I'm kind of a person like I've always made things happen really fast. I'm super fast paced. So when things don't go as fast as I want them to, I'm super frustrated, super frustrated, you know? And, um, rooting into that idea of seasons of our life is, is helpful to combat that frustration for me. Yes. And so how old are your kids? I have a 12 year old daughter and a nine year old son. Yeah. Oh, great. So 
Yeah. So we're just entering the girl tween phase, which mm-hmm. is a whole other <laughs> level of parenting. Yes. Um, but, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday about this, um, just the, the tween parenting thing. And it really reminded me that the kids are actually my biggest teachers Mm -hmm. and each -hmm. of these new phases, each of these new things that we go through, it almost gives me a reason to do the work. Not that I wouldn't do the work if I didn't have them, but I can tangibly see the reason why I need to step into my courage, why I need to step into discomfort, why I need to expand and keep moving. I can tangibly see it. And so I just think that's such a gift for me because I'm afraid that maybe I would be like, Ooh, that's a little going to that dark place is a little sketchy. And now it's like, okay, I'm going to go to that dark place because if I heal this now, I heal up for generations be behind me and ahead of me. And I want to be that pattern dis- disruptor. You know, you just answered the question that was coming <laughs> to my mind. What was the, why, why is that your meaning? And that is, that is beautiful. And too many of us, myself included, as moms, we just don't, unless we're invited in to give ourselves permission, we don't see it like that. We, it's, it's just a sacrificial, I got to give. And then yes, when I, when the kids are gone, then I can have my own life. Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, so you were in this corporate world and you said becoming a stay-at-home mom wasn't your choice, but yet how I saw the story is it really was because you made that decision. Yeah. And it was a it was you saying yes to yourself because I can't live at this pace anymore. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I always joked, I was like, I'm a stay-at-home mom by default because I can't figure out what I actually want to do. But Mm -hmm. what I found was, um, well, two things. I didn't realize that I had burnt out in my corporate world. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the words. I didn't even have the thinking. I was brought up in a very, um, maybe self self-inflicted or maybe through the culture that I was brought up in, but it was all about straight A's achievement, being the top of your class. Uh, the, the bigger accolades, the better I'm going to be somebody, you know, all of that. And so I was very hard worker. I am a very hard worker and it never dawned on me to work smarter, not harder. So I was really pushing and forcing, uh, my own growth in like, in my career. So I shot up through the design world really rapidly and became a creative director really young. And that was because of blood, sweat and tears and sacrifice. But you know, I was pulling all nighters. I was not eating properly. I was just tired and burnt out. And so when I left, instead of looking at that and saying, what about this isn't working in terms of this career, because I actually love being creative. I love pulling off these big miraculous programs that people are like, I don't even know how you could do that. I got lots of validation from that experience. But then when I left, I started parenting like that. I didn't 
I didn't, um, I didn't break that pattern. I just all of a sudden parented, like I was the Pinterest mom. I was the one making all the, you know, beautiful birthday parties over the top cakes and, you know, all of these things, volunteering and doing everything. And again, it lit me up. I found it fun. And I didn't have a sustainable way to also care for myself. And so it wasn't until I kind of took a step back and looked at it and said, oh my God, I'm just running the same strategy in a different place. The same pattern. (laughs) The same pattern that that it was a wake up call to say, oh gosh, I'm in control and I get to decide now. Who do I want to be? How do I want to spend my time? What do I want? And I want my own life. I want to be the best mother I can be. And I also want my own identity. How do I create this? And so I kind of went to work almost like a design project on how I'm going to build that life. And what came through that time was what I really, really liked about being a creative director was the mentorship was the leading the younger designers, was helping them develop strategies, was helping them navigate the world and their career and who they wanted to be. And so, you know, just to pull this full circle back to your question, I do think that the state, the choice to become a stay-at-home mom, even though it didn't feel like it was what I wanted, was exactly what I needed. Mm. And making these deep connections actually in my children help me re like return to me and find a way to pull all my interests into like into my forefront and um and it's been really rewarding since then I mean it's rocky right it's a roller coaster I'm stepping into a whole new you know thing that's very different than what I was doing before in ways um but it's it feels really aligned and I, you know, and I think that that had a lot to do with my kids. Yeah. Wow. Feels really aligned. So you didn't have language for this corporate world you were living in and feeling burnt out and just didn't have language for it. And that was it. You weren't aligned anymore. Maybe it was good for a season, right? Yeah. But here is what I heard through your story that you just shared is through the whole thing mentoring and encouraging and being um you didn't use the word back then but a coach that's a part of who you are that's what's lighting you up so good job at giving yourself this pause yeah and and we need to do that we need to do that so that we can look at our stories and look at okay why am i doing what i'm doing right now And is it really bringing me life? And now I want to say, this is a, I, you, the title of your podcast, hell yes. That is one of my lines. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And look at the, we, we want to bring up our kids, raise our kids. Well, they learn by example, not by what we're saying, you know, don't do this, do that. No, what they're seeing is mom is loving the heck out of us. And yet she is doing that for herself as well. 
Your yep. daughter is going to have less things that she has to unlearn. That's a line that I use all the time. I want to be this positive ripple effect where my, this next generation is going to have less things to unlearn. And your son, think about the husband that he's going to be, how he's going to be able to be this supportive husband who, if he chooses to get married or whoever is in his life, he's going to support them in a different way because he has this mom that is giving herself permission. And even if it is scary and we're stepping in the unknown, and that's probably another part of it, why we stay in this world that we know, even though it's not life-giving, well, I know it. Yeah. And, you know, it's so, it's so beautiful that you bring up, you know, the ripple effect for my children, because I think what, you know, even, even when we just had them as, you know, when they were little, we decided that our life was going to be about um, one of our family values is creativity. We say this all the time, creativity saves the day. And it always does, right? Think about any problem that ever gets solved. Someone has to get creative. They have to go outside the box. They have to go out on a limb. They have to be courageous and and come up with an idea or be able to voice an idea that no one else had. And um, I think it's a really important skill, um, not even skill, way of being, way mm-hmm. of approaching your life. And so um, let's see, when was it? 2015 we moved from Brooklyn, New York to the San Francisco Bay area. So a big old, you know, cross country move. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was really intense. Um, And what had happened was we were getting priced out of our condo in Brooklyn. We were like, oh, I guess we're at this phase where we're moving to the suburbs. What's that look like for us? And my husband and I both said, well, you know, we could do, you know, something that feels cool, like moving to Connecticut or New Jersey and still keeping our life in New York, or we could make this a reason to go on an adventure. So let's see what else there is. And so we said, let's move to the other side of the country. We don't know anybody there. We've never really even been there that much, maybe a vacation here and there, but let's just go see. And that the other idea there was to instill in our children this sense of adventure, that life is an adventure. And when you make a decision to do something, you don't know whether it's going to turn out well or not well, but you always have the power to course correct. So we thought, okay, let's do this. So we did it and we moved on um, right before Thanksgiving. And by New Year's Eve, we were so homesick. We were so sad. Okay. So we're in this house that we're renting We don't have any furniture because we left it all in our house in Brooklyn to sell it. We staged it with our own furniture because we're designers. And so the person was like, you don't need to pay money for staging. Your stuff is cool. Let's leave it here. So we said, okay. Um, So my husband had gotten um, sick and uh, his eardrum had exploded. So he was having that problem. I got rear-ended on the highway and it ripped the entire back of my car off. Um, we didn't have any friends. We're sitting there on New Year's Eve. We're watching the ball drop in New York, where we used to live, where we're homesick for. It's a big party. People are having fun. And we are sitting there like bored and sad and lonely and literally like, oh my God, we have made a huge mistake. What this adventure thing is overrated. What is going on? This is painful. And so my husband and I said, we've got to do something right now to change this energy. I don't know what it is. And so it's so funny now because I live very much in mantras and, and affirmations and everything now, but I didn't know that then. So he got on his phone and he Googled something or whatever. And he said, okay, I have an idea. 
we're going to come up with um, a phrase or um, a word or something that's like our guiding principle for this year. And we're going to do it as a family. And then we're going to create a piece of artwork together right here, right now, because we're the kind of people who maybe we don't have furniture, but we always have art supplies. So we literally had a canvas. We had um, Packer or not Packer's tape, uh, painter's tape. And we had paint and paintbrushes. I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. My husband, we decide that um, we're going to make our word. Um, I'm sorry about that. We're going to decide that we're going to make our word or our phrase be courageous because that's what we're going to be asked to do this year. Mm. And so he puts out the tape and puts out those letters, tapes that down. And then we just take paint and just go at crazy with the kids. They get to have fun. We're laughing. We play some music. And then it dries and he peels the tape off and magically it says be courageous and my kids are just like oh this is amazing so we put that piece of artwork up next to the front door and every day that year when we walked out every morning you could see it and I had these two little kids who would walk by and they would throw their fist in the air and they'd say be courageous and it helped us go make friends build community and build a whole life there and so that's become our tradition every year we do that as a family and it's really helped. And what's interesting now that I have a 12 year old and we're still doing it is she now knows that that is really powerful. And so does my nine-year-old son. They feel really um, connected to being part of the process of figuring out what your intention is for the year. And so they help pick it. And then this year you were mentioning my podcast, hell yes, they decided that this year's mantra, family mantra is hell yes. And I thought, oh, that's so sweet. They're just trying to support me. And, and I said, you know, it doesn't have to be that. Like, let's think of something else. Let's, let's, I understand. And they both were very adamant and they're like, no, hell yes is so important because this mm-hmm. is the year when we want to figure out what we actually want to spend our time doing. This is the year that, and this is coming from these little humans Mm-hmm. that are actually internalizing this idea and moving forward. And, um, and so that's, that's that. And, and my husband is using the hell yes to uh, reconnect to like a self-care program because he is in the corporate world and he's detached from all of that. And so everybody gets to use it. it, it it's a guiding principle as a group, but everyone gets to put their own meaning in it and move forward. And so um, I do think that, the work that we do on ourselves is for us, but for so many others and, and the ones closest to us benefit the most. And I love this idea that you were saying about um, creating a, a scenario where your children have less to unpack or less to, uh, you know, come unlearn. back to unlearn. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, they're going to have challenges. We can't remove their challenges, oh. but they don't need to be the same as ours, like they can, they can navigate some of those things better. Right. And I just think it's by showing and doing and experiencing together. Wow. How beautiful. And so my podcast is midlife dream life and not all of the women that are listening have kids still at home. Like myself, my daughter is 36 and I have a granddaughter who's nine. Um, Here's the exciting part about that, as opposed to any of my mamas out there listening, or the women who are midlife, I mean, excuse me, 
whose kids are already gone. Let us not allow this conversation to bring on any guilt like, oh, I wish I would have had that when I was raising my children, because that does no good either. Because most of us, most of our kids, if we have kids, are going to have kids of their own. So we can still impact the next generation by saying yes to ourselves now. That's the biggest place that, I mean, I heard you say that. Yes, and. you Yes to myself, and. But yes to you first. Yeah, and I think that's, um, that is not where I started. No. In parenting, and that's not what I experienced growing up either. Mm -hmm. And so I think you pointing that out and making that distinction is so important because there's, there's, there's no function for shame and guilt here about would have, should have, could have. People are going to turn out fine. They're going to be great. And there's all kinds of things that we instill in our children and our friends and our family and our husbands and our spouses, you know, all of that. Um, what I think is, you know, what I like to basically root into, and I try to say this pretty much every day is we do the best we can with what we know. And then when we know better, we do better. But the thing I think about that is it doesn't have to be a better or worse scenario. It's just when I know more, I do things differently. I might choose differently. And um, yeah, I think that I think about my childhood and it was vastly different than how I'm bringing up my own children. And I loved my childhood. I love my mom. I think she did a phenomenal job. I lost my dad when I was eight. Um, And so I grew up with a single mom and she is a powerhouse, but we weren't doing mantras. We weren't doing, you know, in fact, we probably didn't talk about some of the big, you know, juicy life topics. I can't imagine we even, I don't remember even really talking, having the sex talk. You know, I don't think it was open like that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I don't think that we um, just guilt and guilt, feeling guilty about things just isn't in service of, of anything. I think we have to look at it and go, that was great for these reasons. This experience was awesome. I did these things and it was incredible, you know, and we don't do enough of that. We don't celebrate ourselves enough. We do not. Mm -mm. Yeah. That's so beautiful. So beautiful. No, the guilt and the shame and the should haves, we need to quit shooting on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all need to do that for sure. And it's one of those, it is a need because the only thing that guilt and shame does is it puts us under, we get under this. It's like carrying this thing and, uh, and that's ends up being our lens that we see through and drives us and, giving yourself permission to go ahead and say, okay, this is not serving me anymore. Saying yes. And Mm -hmm. wow, that's so beautiful. And you just by living your life, how you're doing it now is doing that for your children. Like you said, your childhood wasn't like this and the conversations. Oh, so beautiful. What a treasure. What a treasure. That's awesome. So tell us where you're at now. Cause that was like, 
um, you're already becoming aware of your heart, giving yourself permission, be curious, live with curiosity. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, it's been a big transition actually. And it's been, um, kind of, I thought it was a huge pivot and then had this realization that it's not actually that big of a pivot at all. It's been there all along. So I, from that point on, I was like, I really love this. And so I ended up joining a, um, and you know, I don't know how these things happen, the algorithm, the searches, whatever, but anyway, all of a sudden this big self self-development mentor fell into my frame of reference. And I joined her big online course, which was an entrepreneurship course at the time. And it was right before the pandemic hit. Wow. And, um, as I was saying before, I had this big dream of opening this makerspace in the studio. So I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to join this course for. But then the pandemic hit and then it was like, Ooh, brick and mortar is, you know, like doing online businesses is more evergreen and think about that. And as I was in there, it just kept coming up coaching, coaching, coaching. You should coach, be a coach, try coaching. And I thought, Oh my gosh. So when I left there, I ended up taking a um, life coach certification um, course. I got my life coach certification, but I did it with a um, organization that was much more spiritually based. So mm. it's for lack of a better term. And this is, I know this is offensive to some people, but it was pretty woo woo. It was like out there stuff. Right. And I did that specifically because I wasn't Huh. in that realm. And so I was pushing outside my comfort zone. What are you talking about tapping? What are you talking about talking to your superconscious? I don't understand what is happening. And so I went through this course and got that certification and what blew my actual mind in that course was that the process that you take someone through to help change their life, change their thinking, change their mindset was almost identical to the design process that I had been doing for my entire career to bring somebody's design vision to life, to bring a brand to life, to bring an event to life, to bring a product to life. It's all the same steps. You attach yourself to the vision. You feel what it feels like. You know what you want. You, you, you know, backtrack from there. You get messy. You try things, you iterate, you test, you ask people, you move on, you try new something new. I mean, it's like, it's constantly getting out of your comfort zone and being able to move to the next thing and asking the questions. Mm -hmm. And so, so I, um, started life coaching and then through coaching, uh, women primarily and, and primarily the people who gravitate towards me are women in transition. So, you know, the, my experience, you were in a corporate world and then you were a stay-at-home mom and then you wanted something more. And then maybe you're, uh, just got through a divorce. Maybe you're an empty nester. Maybe you, uh, stayed at home and now you want to go back, or maybe you want to start your own business. It's people who are sort of have done a lot and knocked it out of the park in one category. And now they're ready to try something else. They're ready wow, to get, come back good. to themselves. Yeah. And so what has come out of that, which you know, then I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy because I have this big drive to still create and make things and design. And I'm like, how does this all fit in? I don't understand. And so more recently, and it helped starting the, the podcast too, because that I started talking to more people um, and digging into my bigger idea of this hell yes life. Right. And it's become really clear now that the hell yes habit is more than the podcast. It's a lifestyle brand. And it 
encompasses the, the work that we do internally to clear those blocks. But because I'm a designer, because I love fashion, because I, you know, love styling, I can also help women take that, that cha- internal change and figure out how to breathe life into it externally. So we can go over a redesign of their life. We can go over, you know, like, you know, what do you want a, a makeover in some regards, you know? And so um, it now has sort of seeped into a little bit of personal branding and, um, you know, styling and things to really help someone step out and say, I made, I made a difference. I changed my life and I want people to see it and know it from the outside. So that's sort of the new evolution of this, that I'm just now stepping into that, bringing those two pieces together. Um, but it's really fun. And what I've learned or come back to is that everything Mm -hmm. we should, everything we do should be fun. We should celebrate fun. And that has been a very, uh, I know we all say that, but actually living that way has been Mm -hmm. a huge paradigm shift Mm -hmm. because joy is actually really hard to, uh, maintain because we have those limiting, those limiting beliefs that come in. We have that upper limit problem that descends upon us. We think we aren't worthy of holding that much joy or happiness, or could this really be true? When's the other shoe going to drop? And so actually practicing stepping into joy on the regular and staying in there and combating all that negativity that wants to come in, your ego wants to come in and be like, oh girl, this you aren't worthy of this. What what are you talking about? You think you can do that? No, 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 no. You can't do that. You know? And, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's where I am right now trying to pull all those things together and just see possibility for people. What do you need? I can help you. (laughs) That's, that's sort of, that's sort of it. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. And that we need someone like you in our lives to invite us into this place, this world of fun, this world of curiosity. Yeah. Because, well, we can get so driven, like your story was, you didn't even realize you didn't have the word for burnout, but we end up there. Yeah. And it's because we're working harder. This is who we are. And even though you still had curiosity there or creativity there for sure, because that was part of your job, you weren't doing that necessarily for your own heart. Oh, yeah. And I think now, now that I've healed some of those things, I've, I've taken the time to identify what is important to me then I think I could go back and design and be in that world again. And I'd be different. I'd be in a place where um, I could set up a strategy that allowed me to have both. Saying hell yes to yourself along the way, right? And you're building confidence and courage in your own belief system that you have, believing your heart is going to, now that you're living more authentically, you got to let me live and create authentically if you want these results and being able to voice that. Wow, that is so great. 
Well, I know that my people that listen are going to want to hear more. I personally have listened to a few of your podcasts and heard some of the stories and they're so good. And we need this sort of community. We need this conversation. So your podcast, it's called the Hell Yes Habit. The Hell Yes Habit. Oh, yes. Ooh, that's a crucial word at the end there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. It is because that's what I found. And to your point, it's like um, all of these big things happen by taking small, intentional, consistent steps, Mm -hmm. being open to what shows up and saying yes to that, saying yes to yourself, having the courage to go, I don't know the answer, but I'm willing to go get curious. That's how we get there. Well, I think we often like in this day and age, we often hear about these success stories, these big jumps, these big leaps, and those are fantastic and great. But I guarantee that there was a whole series of tiny little steps that were consistent that didn't look like they were gaining anything or moving the needle that got them to this one moment that all of a sudden it the tipping point happened and it looked like a big leap. But if you go back, it's yeah. small, consistent steps, habits, practices, you know, magic (laughs) moments of miraculous. Okay. So you got your podcast and now you're offering, what do you offer? Do we have a website we can go to as well that we can see all your stuff? Yep. Um, my website is christineller.com, my name. Um, and I am just getting ready to launch a monthly membership called the hell yes, high five. So it's really where we're going to be consistently every week, having conversations like this to help up-level, create community support, um, and really build a space for women to just let it out, let it go so that they have space to move forward. Um, so that's launching soon. So um, you can get on that on my mailing list and be notified when that launches. Well, thank you for this. Thanks for this conversation. And I look forward to continuing listening to your podcast. And I look forward to we're going to have another conversation. We just have to, you know, we, cause we keep evolving, right? We do. Yeah. We keep growing into this new place that we're creating and it's always just so beautiful. So thanks for being here on the midlife dream life podcast. And I want to say to my listeners, I would love it if you would share this with your friends again, not because I'm trying to find all kinds of fans and followers, but because we all need to hear stories like this so that we're saying hell yes, to our own hearts, our own dreams and desires, and then coming and living from that authentic place and giving ourselves that permission. So share this podcast with your friends, um, follow it, like it, whatever you got to do so that you don't miss another episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next Midlife Dream Life podcast. Thanks for being here, Christy. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Yes, thank you.